0: Welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt, your Tuesday edition. I'm your host Dave Schultz, afternoon show host on Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP Mobile, covering the South Alabama Jaguars, and before that, morning show host on 103.7 The Game in Lafayette, Louisiana, covering the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Today's episode of Lockdown Sunbelt is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect technology, exclusively from Simply Safe. 24 7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown college to learn more. All right, we will be joined by JD Byers, the director of broadcasting for South Alabama, to put a bow, probably our second bow, on the Jaguars' win over the Cajuns. It was announced on Monday that the South Alabama ULM game will be on the NFL Network in two weeks. South Alabama is off this coming week. And then a few days after that, they host Troy for the Battle of the Belt on a Thursday, and that's on ESPNU. So all of a sudden, South Alabama can introduce themselves to a national audience other than being a team that lost to UCLA by one. And we're seeing how... I don't know if you want to say that's a good or bad loss now because UCLA continues to roll. They embarrassed Colorado and uh, then uh, did the same thing to Washington in the game I thought Washington was going to win, mostly because UCLA only got past South Alabama by a point. We will preview later on in the week, once again, Georgia State and Georgia Southern. Big ball game in the West is Southern Miss and Troy. Uh, That has huge Western division implications. Who can try to keep keep up uh, and keep pace with uh, South Alabama? I do want, very quickly, because the J.D. Byers interview uh, went a little bit long... But who is the best team in the Sun Belt? I think that is actually, you know, up for debate. The obvious one right now is Coastal Carolina. They're 5-0. They've been kind of the trendsetter along with the UL Raging Cajuns for the last handful of years since they have basically, you know, since they went undefeated in 2020. Uh, Although the games have been closer this year, they have still haven't lost. And they are the first team to win five games in the conference. Then you have James Madison, the new kid on the block. They may be the best team in the conference. James Madison leads the conference in scoring almost 45 points a game. And they give up less than 14 points a game. That also leads the conference. So James Madison, 4-0 with a huge come-from-behind win over App State. They just blow out Texas State. Uh, they're as good as anybody in the East. And they'll have to wait a few weeks before uh, they get to the a good part of their schedule. Now, they've already taken down App State. They do host Marshall. They go to Louisville. They're at Old Dominion. Uh, they host Georgia State. And when you know it, James Madison wraps things up with Coastal Carolina. Now, James Madison cannot play in the Sunbelt Championship, this being their first year from FCS to FBS. That doesn't mean they'd love to take down Coastal. And then we get to those implications... You know, we were talking earlier, I guess last week and the week before, about, you know, what's a tiebreaker because South Alabama doesn't play App State. They don't play James Madison. They don't play Coastal Carolina, right? They get Marshall and Georgia Southern and Old Dominion. And if one of those teams aren't in the top spot or in second right behind James Madison and South Alabama runs the table then South Alabama would host the Sunbelt Championship. I know I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I want to start to look ahead in that case. So Coastal's 2-0, James Madison's 2-0, Old Dominion 1-0 with a come-from-behind win a couple weeks ago against Arkansas State, but they're 2-3. App State 1-1, they've already lost to James Madison. So App State is hoping for a Coastal Carolina win over James Madison... And then App State would have a chance to win the division with a win over Coastal. Georgia Southern is 0-1. They get Georgia State this week. Marshall is 0-1. And Georgia State 0-1. In the West, South Alabama 1-0. Arkansas State routed ULM this weekend. Uh, They're 1-1. Troy is 1-1. They get the huge matchup with Southern Miss this week. Uh, Monroe is 1-1. They get South Alabama in two weeks. Texas State 0-1. And the defending... Sunbelt Champions, Louisiana, and there's not a whole lot of difference between being 0-2 and 2-0 if you're the Cajuns. They haven't played particularly well, I'll say that, but they just lost to ULM a couple weeks ago, 21-17, and they just lost to the Jaguars 20-17. So, as though it's all gloom and doom in Lafayette and talked to a bunch of people while I was there this past weekend, they're not getting blown out. They're not getting embarrassed. Again, I wouldn't say they're playing very well. When you don't score on your first 10 possessions of the game, you know, things don't look that great. But with 42 seconds left in the game, the game was tied with, against South Alabama, who, you know, may be the best team in the conference. I will say I don't think South Alabama's offense has played particularly well the last couple of weeks. Louisiana Tech kept on handing them the ball five times. Uh, they turned it over, and they didn't score any in the first half. They did score twice in the second. Should be noted, on they've been, they've been turned... The opponents have turned the ball over eight times in the last two games. That's a lot. South Alabama's defense has forced eight turnovers. They've only scored on twice. One was a pick six, and then one was uh, right after a fumble uh, against Louisiana Tech. But it looked like Darrell Luter was going to waltz right in and make it 6 nothing, and then probably 7 nothing on Louisiana, and he dropped. No, he didn't drop an interception. Well, he did drop it. He caught the interception, and then when he was running, he dropped it. I don't believe he dropped it because he got hit or someone punched it out or something like that. I think he just dropped the football. All right, one more note from South Alabama. Uh, during the game, right after halftime, uh, DJ Thomas Jones, tight end for South Alabama, transfer from uh, Old Miss, uh, had some sort of medical emergency. We don't know what it is. We do know he was taken off by cart, taken to the hospital, And the good news is he was released, has feelings in all his extremities, uh, rode back with the team on Saturday on a bus, should be noted, just down I-10. And uh, in terms of him playing down the road, we'll have to see, as I've mentioned, uh, South Alabama has this week off. So that decision doesn't have to be made for a little bit. And so, you know, maybe he takes this week off and maybe next week and plays against Troy. We'll see. Again, I don't know what the medical emergency was. Should be noted that he's fell and had a serious injury a couple of times. I think it's on the same date twice. Like twenty eighteen in high school on November second, and then November second, twenty twenty. At Ole Miss. You can look that up on Google. You know, Lane Kiffin, you know, ended practice because DJ Thomas Jones was you know helicopter to a hospital he was okay and he's healthy and he's healthy enough to play college football for South Alabama but uh, he's had uh, health issues before and I don't know if this is connected to that or whatever the case is but uh, it was a medical emergency. I don't know what it is. Kane Womack was hesitant in sharing which is okay. Uh, we will find we will probably find out uh, later this week we will update you but the, the biggest part of the update is that DJ Thomas Jones as of right now is is healthy is, is okay and is feeling good, and that's really what's most important. Alright, let's take a timeout on Locked on Sunbelt. We will talk to the Director of Broadcasting, J.D. Byers, get his take on what South Alabama did against the Cajuns, and now you got two nationally televised games for South Alabama, one on the NFL Network on the 15th, and Troy uh, on ESPNU on uh, the 20th. We'll be right back on Locked on Sunbelt, your conference every day. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why they're so good. With 24 7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not at home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room. Window and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at Locked Lockdown College. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com forward slash lockdown college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of Lockdown Sunbelt, your conference every day. Dave Schultz being joined by JD Byers, broadcast extraordinaire for the South Alabama <laughs> Jaguars. He'll put a bow. On the Jaguars' win over the Cajuns, what exactly is your title? Because you do a little, you do a little bit of everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so if you look at it online, I think it says director of broadcasting. But uh, that that's play-by-play voice of, you know, whatever they want me to do that weekend. <laughs> but I also do sponsorship sales, fundraising. You know, we leverage the uh, the assets we have around the stadium, whether it's signage, the radio network, uh, anything print. Uh, even game day hospitality with our sponsors, you know, to help raise money for the department. We, we raised about a million and a half uh, doing that. That's a lot of fun, you know, to help make deals, but also get folks excited about the athletics department. And then so uh, historically, I've been a, you know, a radio guy, but I've, I've branched into ESPN Plus a lot over the last, gosh, maybe four years now. That whole new platform really opened some doors for a lot of folks.
0: All right. So let's end, excuse me. Let's start with the ending yeah. as, as South Alabama does pill out a win. We'll get, we'll dive into that a little bit later on, but they beat the raging Cajuns uh, 20 to 17 on Diego Guajardo's uh, game winning 43 yard field goal. And they are four and one for the first time uh, in program history. What does that mean to the athletic department and your fundraising abilities?
1: <laughs> I think some of that, will the fruit will come maybe a little later. Um, but you know, as far as getting folks excited now, a lot of that haze in the barn as far as deals and a lot of the good inventory, whether, you know, somebody said, hey, I want to get the uh, radio broadcast. There may be a few spots there, uh, but we also sold out ahead because as far as on the Jags campus, we're looking at a big date as well. November 15th, uh, basketball hosts the University of Alabama. Last time when we had a big game like that on that campus was in, uh, well, pre-COVID, and Auburn came in and it set an attendance record like 10,260-something. Uh, so that's big. But, you know, for those who kind of sat on the fence, and this can be true anywhere across the landscape of the Sunbelt Conference in any of the institutions, if you sat on the fence and things are happening, you're like, wow, man, I wish I'd done it this year. I wonder if I can get back on the phone and see what's available. James Madison's a great example. I don't know, you know, I wonder if their fans or maybe some of their sponsors or, or potential partners were thinking, man, they're about to jump up with the big boys and they may struggle for a few years. I'll just wait it out. Nope, not so much.
0: Yeah, not so much. I mean, they may, you know, with all due respect to South, Jay Madison may be the best team in the Sun Belt. They're the, the best offense and the best defense in terms of points scoring and, and points allowed. All right, let's get into the football game. Cajuns beat, I'm sorry, the uh, the Jaguars beat the Cajuns 20-17, to 17. That was a weird game from the get-go. I mean, second play of the game, Colin Lacy, 42-yard uh, catch down the sideline. It looks like the Jaguars are going to jump on top immediately. And then they convert a fourth and one but called for a penalty. They drop a pass on fourth and six. That would have been another first down. Ja- uh, Cajun's first play, they throw an interception. Looter's going to take it in for a pick six, but he, he drops the ball without getting hit. And it just it, it, the whole game was as crazy as that uh, right there. Did you realize what was going on as it was happening? Because it was, it was just insane. And then the Cajuns get a 55-yard run by Chris Smith, and they miss like a 30-yard field goal. Of course, later on in the game, he hits a 51-yard field goal because, of course.
1: Well, and, and you go back to when South Alabama's drive was halted, going forward on fourth and one. And uh, I knew when the flag came out what it was going to be, but it was ticky-tacky. In a way, And honestly, let me say, you're on the road. Uh, So a man was in motion, a receiver was in motion towards the line judge. And the hanky came out, and what he said was, it wasn't that the receiver turned up. He was looking back to the interior and said, as he was coming in motion, the tight end hand was not quite completely down on the ground. It was obvious he was going to be in a down three-point stance. He just didn't feel like his hand was down and completely set. And so he called him for an illegal shift. That backed him up, became fourth and six. Jacks didn't convert. But, hey, Louisiana struck back, uh, took advantage of it, and got some field position, forcing the Jags to punt from deep in their own territory. And the guy who does what he does, now, South Alabama, a little bittersweet on it, is Louisiana strikes first with a 69-yard punt return. The guy who did it happened to be from Mobile, where South Alabama's located, Eric Garrett. And that's his second of the year, third of his career, Eric Garrett for the Cajuns. Uh, I think, I, you know, I've seen some back 12 football this year already, Dave. He would start for UCLA. I,
0: I think he's going to be back. I think he's going to be playing a game uh, late in uh, or in early February uh, at uh, at Hancock-Whitney Stadium. I would presume yeah, Eric Garrett is going to have a shot to play in the senior ball, I would think.
1: Very much. I mean, it's very possible, uh, you know, in corners and. Those are, those are guys the, uh, the league looks for when it comes to draft time. They're very, very coveted at that level. Uh, but, yeah, what an ending because South Alabama, you said it was odd from the get-go, but fast forward to the end is South Alabama has their 10-point lead uh, shaved down to uh, seven because Almanderas, who's pulled a 30 and knuckled a, about a 40, Steps out for a 51. I'd watched him in pregame. I was a place kicker in college, Dave. I was like, he ain't got this. I I just didn't give him any credit for this. And he drilled it. And now it's a seven-point game. And then, you know, when it counts, uh, things have not gone well pretty much the whole game other than the punt return for Louisiana. They go 17 plays to tie the game up, and it's late. And uh, they'd used a lot of clock. And, uh, you know, South Alabama needed a field goal to break a 17-17 tie and got, you know, a big play on a uh, pass to Jalen Wayne, set up the winning field goal. Well,
0: let's back it up. We're, t- we're talking – we're a on Sunbelt with the uh, director of broadcasting for South Alabama, uh, J.D. Byers. All right, even a crazier play, right? This was – I think it was 7 nothing Cajuns, and he had a bad snap. Pass the quarterback. He lands on it. Next play, same thing. Another bad snap in the end zone. He falls on it, but make sure that uh, it gets out of the end zone. And it's going to be a safety, except – South Alabama's offside. I mean,
1: (laughs) unbelievable. Flag was out.
0: Unbelievable. It it, It, it was just it was that kind of craziness. End of the first half, same thing, right? I mean, Cajuns are driving their best drive uh, since the first drive, which ended in a missed field goal. And Ben Waldridge throws an interception. Then Carter Bradley has a nice play to Jayla Wayne, twenty-two yards. And then the Cajuns—did you see what happened? The defensive lineman, Narcisse, did he he throw a punch because he got ejected? And all of a sudden. You know, it's like a 37-yard game for South Alabama, and they're going to be in scoring position, except Bradley throws an interception, and and that's when Al Madaris eventually misses his second field goal of the first half. Did you see what happened on the play where uh, the, the Cajun defensive lineman got kicked out? Yeah.
1: And it was a guy I actually voted for in the preseason all-conference. Uh, I had Narcisse up uh, very high. Uh, he's a returning. He's a veteran. Uh, he plays, as you can tell, very emotionally with a lot of yeah. drive. But yeah, he and uh, South Alabama's left guard, uh, who would later get injured in the game, got into it. I think, uh, you know, you had a lineman trying to protect his quarterback. When the flag first came out, I thought, hey, there comes one. But I, as a play-by-play guy, I've got to watch the football. So I turn and I see the flag come out, but I'm like, I can't look back, can't look back. I'm thinking it's roughing the passer. Uh, but actually, it was the the two guys, the big ones and one threw a punch at the other. But, and when you're talking about the, the snaps going over the head of the quarterback for Louisiana, it, sometimes I, I, I try to give the benefit of the doubt to the center because Louisiana has a penchant for changing those two quarterbacks. Well, one is like 6'3 and a half, one's 5'10". And if he isn't sure, like, okay, is this the series he's back there? And he's like, I don't want to turn around and look. That's going to throw everything off. And if he thinks it's the other guy, and he snaps, and it's the 5'10 guy, <laughs> he's in bad shape. If you haven't
0: tried Bilt Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of Light's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right, Bilt has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to built.com to snag a box for you and your family. It'll be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Like all built bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% chocolate. That means they're healthy. And tastes good. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. What's great about Bilt is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Bilt is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to com. use promo code LOCKDOWN15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN15. Yeah, it was it was just a, it was just a crazy football game. Uh, and as you alluded to, the Cajuns didn't do anything. They did not score a point offensively on the first 10 possessions of the game. Yeah. And Craig Stevenson, you know, AL.com beat writers, like Cajuns have no shot. They keep on rolling out right. They keep on running the same. Foolish plays, and they can't do anything. So of course, because of the craziness of the game, as you mentioned, Almendares hits a 51-yarder, and then 17 plays later they score uh, the tying touchdown. Wilderich finds uh, Meagle in the front court of the end zone, right where we were standing, and it's a tie ball game. They scored 10 points on their last two possessions of the game. So a couple interesting things on that: they were calling timeouts like inside the five-yard line. Yeah. And then, oddly enough, so South Alabama has 42 seconds left to go in the game. And then, oddly enough, after the second incompletion from Carter Bradley, they declined the holding penalty. So instead yeah. of second and 20 with 30 seconds left, it's third and 10. Now, I guess Mike Desimo suggested that, well, he threw two bad passes. If we get a stop, we will, uh, we'll get the ball back. Maybe Guerrero uh, gets another Chance at a punt return, which no chance he would see the ball in the punt return. So maybe we make a play and we get in line for a field goal. I, I could not believe they declined the penalty. And I, I personally think it turns out that Damian Webb got, you know, the Damian Webb ended up with a 21-yard run, so we maybe would have had a first down anyways. But they would have been in a much softer defense uh, if because, that was the case.
1: Yeah, uh, because South Alabama had banked timeouts for a case such as that. Um uh, my my color analyst partner on the radio broadcast is Pat Greenwood. He almost lost it, wondering why would Louisiana not take that penalty? Because not only would it be second down and 20, it would be second down and 20 with the new line of scrimmage at like the nine or something. It would have really backed up South Alabama. So then if you do get a punt, you're probably going to get it at midfield. And, you know, the guy just hit a 51-yarder. What do you got to move it, 18 yards? And you got a minute to do it. Uh, so it, it worked out for South Alabama, and then they caught, the Cajuns, and this is talking to the coach, I'm not this smart, uh, but he said he caught them in a rush look, and you know, a lot of times when people see too many in the box, they think, well, you got to check to a pass, but not necessarily. Uh, Depending on what their techniques are, if there's seven or eight crowded in a box, you only have to get through the first level, because when you get to the second, third level, there are no safeties. There's only two free safeties, but everybody else is in tight, and you're gone. Uh, So there's a 21-yard pickup there. And then I go back to what I just started with about the timeouts. Is because with South Alabama needing a pass to set up a field goal, there was really one play to do it. You're either going to do it or you're not. Is the Jags had a timeout. Because if they don't, then Louisiana secondary knows it's to the boundary. It has to be to the boundary. Mm-hmm. It can't be anything but to the boundary. Right, right. And lo and behold, they had the timeout. Jalen Wayne uh, just went on a ladder. That wasn't a good thrown ball. No. Uh, and- Jalen Wayne Wayne made him, on paper, look like an All-American, except it was all Jalen Wayne. He pulls it down in timeout and four seconds, and then that set up the field goal.
0: We're talking with J.D. Byers, locked on, sunbelt. All right, so before we move ahead to ULM in a couple weeks, and then Troy, what do you get to do on an off weekend? What do you do this weekend? Do you watch college football like the rest of us with no game to prepare for as the Jaguars will enjoy an off week?
1: And I want to just get the worst fattening bad tailgate food that everybody else gets to eat on a Saturday. Right. And I only get right. to eat on one day. I'm like, right. let's make all that. And I'm going to pound it because uh, I get to watch, you know, people in the stands or at the, uh, at the club level coming out with this great food in this new stadium Or you walk through the tailgating on the way to the stadium. And you're like, no, I could, I could probably stop for a barbecue sandwich. No, I don't have time, but I'll be doing that. And, and really looking at some of these upper crust, uh, Sunbelt teams, because Dave, you, you can take in digitally uh, from a, you know, a video format about anybody anytime now, because they're at least on a streaming and you can get it on the TV, you can get it on your phone. Because when I was looking today at how CBS Sports, not that they're the greatest in the world, but they did rank all FBS teams. Did you see how well the Sunbelt was represented? I want to see how they all fare this, this go around, because James Madison is the highest ranked Sunbelt of all of them. At number 36, they're 4-0, 2-0 in the league. now The 36 is up 14 spots. Uh, They get Arkansas State, I believe, so they'll probably be 5-0. App State is 51. I think that may be a little too high. They're up three spots. They get Texas State, but they'll win that. I just don't know if App State's all they've been over the last few years. I can't wait to see their showdown with Coastal Carolina. Uh, The Jags are just below Pitt, they are number 53, and they've vaulted up 11 spots and will be idle, as we mentioned. But I I bring up the Jags at 53. I won't bore you if we got to move along. But if South Alabama's at 53, and that's the third team I've mentioned, James Madison, App State, South Alabama, three spots below is Auburn. (laughs) Where's Coastal? Where's Coastal? Uh, Oh, they're in here somewhere. And I may have just totally taken them out. I'll go back to the list. I've got it. Well, Uh, I mean,
0: that's you know, that's where they should be. But that's amazing that South Alabama is 53. Where do you think they would be if they were one point better than UCLA? Uh,
1: and you may have to have, at this point, Dave, an argument, I'm sorry, Coastal Carolina's the highest. I, I, that was up there, scribbled through. Okay. Coastal is number 33. Okay. Uh, right. So they're up, up above James Madison. But with what UCLA subsequently did to Colorado, and then this last weekend just annihilated Washington. What were they, 15th at the time? Washington's good. And so there's UCLA, and South Alabama really should have been a 17-point winner in that game. I'm not trying to be a red, white, and blue glass wearer, eyewear. There were so many mistakes, uh, and there were some, you know, the fourth and two, the, the fake field goal, you can go back and own that all you want. Sure. But so South Alabama is 53, so we've gone Coastal Carolina, James Madison, App State, the Jags of South Alabama, Auburn at 56, South Carolina at 57. There's two SECs. Mm. Good old Miami's 59, and still you know respectable. Up 16 spots is Troy at 61, and they're playing good. They got Southern Miss this go around, who's two and two, a two-game win streak with Will Hall. That's, so that's a huge a
0: ball, game. huge ball game in the West this week. And uh, we'll be at Southern Troy. Miss and Troy. And Troy Uh, is a Hail Mary away from being four and
1: one. Exactly. That was an unbelievable game up uh, at Boone. uh, Let's see. Marshall is at 62. They're off. And then, so you look just below them. How many, how many, let's go back. One, two, three, four, five, six Sunbelt teams we mentioned. Here's you another SEC, Missouri. They're actually up Mm -hmm. nine spots after giving Georgia a tussle. right. And then just below the SEC team, Missouri, you've got Georgia Southern up ten spots at number sixty-nine. And then uh, above the hundred uh, mark, what have we got one hundred and thirty FBSs now. You got Old Dominion, uh, Southern Miss, Arkansas State, Louisiana's down two spots at number ninety-nine. Oh, yes. we kind of—you yeah. know how the Conference USA has always been. You know, we're Conference USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Louisiana think, Tech wants in badly, by the way. Yeah. Uh, well, Sorry. They, I think they burned that bridge. Uh, UAB. They're 73. They're the pride and cornerstone of Conference USA for now because they're leaving. But right now they're number 73. All, All right, a more,
0: right, a couple more minutes here with J.D. Myers, director of broadcasting for South Alabama. All right, so let's move forward. A couple of oddly nationally televised games. Uh, they do get off this week, <laughs> but then they're hosting ULM. That's homecoming. It's now on the NFL Network at 6 p.m. on Saturday the 15th, and then the next Thursday is Troy, the battle for the belt. You know, you get two wins, and all of a sudden, South is in control of the West halfway uh, into the season.
1: Yeah, since becoming FBS, this is the best record through five games they've had and could obviously be bowl eligible earlier than they've ever been. Uh, ULM, Terry Bowden, it looks like they were going to walk up to Jonesboro and absolutely manhandle Arkansas State because the Warhawks were killing them early. But give Butch Jones credit, man. They weathered the storm, fought back, uh, kind of neutral mindset, as a lot of coaches like to say, and they fought back and got the win. Well-deserved. So we'll get a ULM team coming off at least that loss. I don't know who they've got this weekend or if they're off. Um, But I I can't wait to see them back in action. Uh, Terry Bowden's group will come in, and I thought, you know, that that wasn't a good game for South Alabama last year at all.
0: Um, And that will be one of those things where I don't think that, Kane Womack, the head coach of South Alabama, uses a lot of that motivation. Like last year, I'm not sure he was using that for the Cajuns. I think this week uh, he's using that as don't take ULM lightly, or in two weeks, don't take ULM lightly. We went up there and we got our butts kicked. That was the one time where I thought they got outmanned and maybe outcoached compared to Texas State and the Cajuns and Coastal uh, in games that they all could have won. Uh, yeah. And, the, and those other teams were a little bit better uh, than, than South Alabama was last year. Last year, ULM just played much better uh, than, the, than the Jaguars did. So it'll be very interesting and hoping for big crowds. Hoping for a big crowd in, in two Saturdays and hoping for a big crowd
1: on that Thursday night for ESPNU. It should be pretty good. But, you know, and you got James Madison in the East with the best record, and it looks like they're going to keep the best record with Arkansas State coming in. I don't know how that'll work out. It looks like James Madison would be the favorite. But the reason I mentioned that is on the East the winner of the East would be in the Sunbelt Conference Championship. James Madison's not eligible. So if South Alabama could run the table, uh, they would get to their first ever berth in that, but there's still a lot of football to play and Who knows? Arkansas State may peak, but at least the Jags would know from their perspective they have the tiebreak with Louisiana. Take that, take, that to the next,
0: take that to the next step. Not only, most likely, if James Madison finishes first in the East and South Alabama runs a table in the West, Guess who's hosting the Sunbelt Conference championship
1: game? It, it would likely be the Jags at Hancock-Whitney Stadium, and I think some teams from the East would like to see that new facility. But then another <laughs> wrinkle to that is, uh, is you know, what, are, what do we have? Five automatic bull tie-ins plus some consortiums that rotate. Uh, but of the five, if we continue to have success with the Sunbelt, because hashtag Sunbelt is, you know, going everywhere right now and trending, if we have more bowl teams with bowl records eligible than bowls, you look at James Madison, they could be the best record in the league but not bowl eligible because they're in transition from uh, FCS to FBS. So good. that would open up a bowl right there and a team kind of on the bubble may uh, inherit a bowl berth if you will. Are we still is
0: there still a Bahamas bowl and if so can we vote for that?
1: I don't there is a Bahamas. <laughs> uh,
0: there absolutely is, uh,
1: and you know, because I think the the crown jewel though still is a bowl that you've been to, Dave, and that's the RL Carriers down at the Superdome where the Saints play in New Orleans. Getting to the Big right. Easy it's kind of a destination town. Right. Uh, you, uh, probably right. secondary would be the Cure Bowl in uh, Orlando. That's right. In the uh, didn't they move correct. it to a soccer stadium? Uh, correct. Yeah. Uh, but that's really. always that's always a lot of fun. They got a really good bowl committee down there. You got the camellia, uh, but you know, it, it doesn't just necessarily mean that because let's just say, as I mentioned, we have more bowl eligible teams than we have bowls. There are a lot that are pretty much autonomous, if you will, where they don't have to necessarily marry to a conference to say, we have to take a team from the big 12. We have to take a team from this conference. Sometimes they're open and only contracted to one league, and the other is like, well, let's just go see who's out there and who's, uh, who might travel really good, who's proximal to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, uh, so to speak. So there's always other opportunities, perhaps. He's JD Byers, Director of Broadcasting for South Alabama.
0: Thank you so much for uh, hopping on Lockdown Sunbelt. We will uh, enjoy the off week, and we will see you the following Saturday for South Alabama and ULM. I appreciate it, JD. Hey, Thank you so much. I'm, Flattered,
1: you ask, and enjoyed it thoroughly, man. I appreciate you. We'll be back
0: Wednesday with another edition. We will talk to Alan Blondin, the Coastal Chanticleers beat writer, for the Ori Independent and MyOriNews.com. Until then, thanks for listening to Lockdown Sunbelt, your conference every day.